My name is Peter Himmelman, Grammy and Emmy-nominated musician, author, and chief dream enabler of Big Muse. I'm proud to underwrite this episode of The Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Discover why companies like Adobe, 3M, McDonald's, and Gap have brought in Big Muse's rock and roll-fueled seminars to get inspired, to get insight, and to get activated. Write to me today at peter at bigmuse.com. Entrepreneurs, business owners, professionals who seek excellence, bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show. Here's Marty Wolf. We still got a long way to go. Yes, we all got a long way to go. Welcome to the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf, the show for entrepreneurs, business owners, and business leaders. I'm Marty Wolf, your host for the Business Builder Show, and alongside of me is my executive producer, Mr. D.C. Taylor, and also alongside of me today is my associate, Mr. Kerry Carney. Hi, Kerry. Hi, Marty. Thanks hey, D.C. Hey, guys. For, thanks for coming in today. And we Thank will, you. We will be your guides on this learning journey. I'm proud to let you know we record this show in the studios of 94.3 FM, The Talker, which is part of Bold Gold Media, and we are in my hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania. The Business Builder Show is proudly distributed by C-Suite Radio. You can find them at csuiteradio.com. You can all find our show, The Business Builder Show, and many other fine shows on C-Suite Radio. You can also find our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on my website, MartyWolfBusinessSolutions.com. So, enough about me and the show. D.C. Taylor, are we ready to yes. introduce our guest? Of course. My guest is Chuck Collins. Hi, Chuck. How are you, man? Good morning. Good day. Um, I'm going to do an introduction, and um, it's, it's, it's going to be too short. <laughs> but as we go through this discussion, uh, you'll learn more about Chuck. You'll learn about his great work. So let me do this brief introduction. Chuck Collins is a senior scholar at the Institute for Policy Studies, where he directs the program on inequality, and Chuck co-edits inequality.org we're going to mention that website several times by the way inequality.org chuck's newest book is born on third base a one percenter makes the case for tackling inequality bringing wealth home and committing to the common good by the way the first time i heard chuck was on npr and that's probably a year and a half ago already chuck and i bought his book born on third base and he was on uh, the business builder show before because i loved his book and i love his work so to set this up a little more um chuck sent me a little while ago a paper that he wrote that i loved the paper is titled reversing inequality unleashing the transformative potential of an equitable economy. Um, Chuck, we got a lot to talk about, and I'm going to say right at the beginning, we're not going to get this all in one show, so you'll want to subscribe to the Business Builder Show so that you can get the next show. Uh, so, for Chuck, forgive me for this long introduction, but um, we're going to get to the meat. Hang on there, okay? Audience and Chuck, hang on. So the paper, again, that you can find on inequality.org is... Reversing inequality. In the first, one of the first parts in the introduction, I'm going to read this section, this paragraph, because I'm going to set up our discussion, I believe. For starters, we must know what we are up against. These inequalities 
do not spring mainly from technological change and globalization, though both compound and complicate the rift. Instead, imbalances of power and agency embedded in our political and economic system are the main drivers and accelerators of inequality. So, Chuck, a great article. Um, let's start maybe with uh, what inspired the writing the article. Let's start there. Well, I think a lot of people are recognizing that we're pulling apart as a society, that uh, real wages have been flat for a while. But I think we're, you know, that now, now we're going in different directions when it comes to sort of what do we do to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think it does depend on your uh, diagnosis, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just like a, like a doctor, if you don't get the diagnosis right, you're not going to prescribe the right remedy. Uh, it's important, I think, in this case, to understand that it isn't just because there's an education skills lag. It isn't just because of technological and globalization. Those things contribute to inequality. But the real drivers now are these these imbalances of wealth and power and how they are kind of distorting the whole economy. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, um, I didn't make it part of the introduction, but I, th- I think it's very important did you kind of give us your background, who you are? Um, kind of give us that quickly, because I think it, lead, it, it lends tremendous credibility to, to the work that you're doing. So give us a little more background on you. Well, I, uh, you know, I approach these, these issues of inequality as someone who grew up as a beneficiary, I guess, of a very unequal economy. I'm, I was born into the 1%. Uh, I'm from a successful family, a meatpacking company you've heard of called Oscar Mayer. Uh, it hasn't been a family business uh, since 1981, but it gave me kind of a front row seat in understanding how wealth creates wealth. Uh, and then through my work, which was uh, early on working with uh, mobile home park residents trying to buy their parks, I could kind of see in the 80s and 90s how people were surviving or not surviving uh, the fact that their real wages were starting to fall and uh, people were taking on more jobs and more debt and working more hours uh, just to survive. So the, when we talk about these inequalities, I kind of have this uh, schizophrenic perspective, which is <laughs> I've sort of seen it from all angles. Mm-hmm. And I've seen how it, I think, fundamentally undermines uh, American values and, and healthy capitalism and healthy growth. Yeah. Yeah. And you have a lot of people who work alongside of you. We can throw out some big names. We'll we'll save that for later on that um, uh, patriotic millionaires and uh, some famous people who uh, work alongside of you, with you, whatever phrases you want to use. And by the way, I'm going to say it again, that the uh, title of the paper that Chuck wrote is Reversing Inequality, Unleashing the Transformative Potential of an Equitable, equitable Economy. And you can find this by going to inequality.org. And just go to the tab where it says our work, hit reports, and you'll find this. Okay, so let's talk, start talking about the report. And let's start with, uh, as you, you describe it as, inequality trends. So talk to me about that. Stagnant wages, poverty, there's some things in there. So talk to me about that, Chuck. Yeah, just for starters, let's let's get the picture. Um, you know, unless any of us were alive in 1920, uh, none of us have lived through a period of, of such extreme inequality as what we're going through now. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, real wages for 
half the population have pretty much stayed flat or declined for the last 40 years. Uh, and that, that I think that explains a lot about what people are feeling and explains a lot about the sort of unease and insecurity and anger that I think we're, we're seeing in our society. Mm-hmm. The other piece of the picture is almost all the income and wealth gains, particularly since the economic meltdown, say 2008, have gone not just to the top 1% of households, but the top one-tenth of households. So folks with 20 million and up have captured almost all the gains in wealth and and some 80% of the gains in income. And that's a, a, a disturbing trend. And the higher you go up the ladder, the more concentrated the wealth and power becomes. So to the point where the Forbes 400, uh, uh, 400 individuals have as much wealth as the bottom 62% of the society combined. And that's in part because the number of households with nothing to fall back on mm-hmm. keeps cre- creeping up. Mm. So that's the picture. And if we don't really intervene to reverse these inequalities, we're essentially on course toward uh, even even more extremes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say we're on our way to becoming kind of a racial and economic apartheid society. And I think that's going to undermine, you know, the kind of middle class standard of living. Uh, it will undermine healthy local and, and regional and medium and, and even large businesses because you can't have a healthy economy if half the population doesn't have any money in their pocket to spend. Yeah. Uh, and people feel desperate and, uh, and almost like betrayed by, you've heard this phrase before, by a rigged economy. Mm. Uh, mm. And I think that, that, that gives rise to both uh, you know, a Bernie Sanders and a Donald Trump uh, yeah. feeling yeah. that yeah. I'm feeling betrayed by the, by the system itself. So I guess you're starting to answer the uh, second part of your report. And again, uh, this is uh, show one of two interviews. Um, so we're going to talk about the front part of your paper, and then we're going to talk more about the solutions. We can bounce all over wherever you want to go. It's your show. It's all about you, Chuck, and your mission. So you can go anywhere you want. But I guess you started to talk about why does inequality matter? What, what, what damage is being caused? Uh, uh, and you talk about this thing called, I think you call it the next system. So why does inequality matter? Why, why does the situation really matter? Well, there's a, there's a whole kind of mountain of research now that shows that these inequalities um, are, ba- are bad for our economy. Uh, they're obviously, as I alluded to, bad for civic cohesion and, and, uh, and democracy when so few people have so much wealth and power, it, it effectively disenfranchises everyone else. It, 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 it eliminates their sort of sense of voice and participation. It contributes to a decline in social mobility. So to the extent, Marty, we believe that we're better off when there's mobility, that you know, if someone wants to work hard and they're in the bottom fifth of uh, income earners, that they, over their lifetime, can move up. And what we're seeing more and more is uh, we're, we're becoming our, our kind of social mobility arteries are hardening mm. uh, that uh, people who are at the top are kind of protecting themselves. And, and uh, there's fewer people moving down the ladder and, and uh, fewer people moving up. Mm. So, you know, so these are these are all very important. And, and, and you know, I unfortunately, and I'm glad. Uh, one reason I love talking to you is, you know, I feel like as a society, we're kind of stuck. 
around this conversation. Mm. And that if somebody like me gets up and says, you know, these inequalities are, are, are undermining the quality of life for, for everyone, including the very wealthy, uh, people will still think, oh, you know, he, he's fomenting class <laughs> war. He hates the rich. Yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he wants to kill the goose that laid the golden egg. And, and one of the reasons I want to emphasize the subtitle of this report, which is the potential of an equitable economy. Mm. I think if we, did, if we invested in expanding middle class and, and social mobility, it would unleash positive economic factors that we haven't even considered. Everybody's always worried like, oh, if you, if you address inequality, you're going to take away the incentive to become wealthy. You're going to uh, undermine healthy capitalism. I, it's actually the opposite, I think. I'm Marty Wolf. Stay here for more with my guest, Chuck Collins, and you're listening to The Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf. My name is Peter Himmelman, Grammy and Emmy-nominated musician, author, and chief dream enabler of Big News. I'm proud to underwrite this episode of The Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf. Discover why companies like Adobe, 3M, McDonald's, and Gap have brought in Big News' rock and roll-fueled seminars to get inspired, to get insight, and to get activated. Write to me today at peter at bignews.com. You know what? When I talk about you, and I and I talked about before you came on, I had another guest for a different show that we host, and I said, "Here's why I really like Chuck Collins. He's not a crackpot. <laughs> Don't be offended, man. But but that's actually a compliment because he he looks at stuff rationally. He looks at he looks at data. He 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 looks at this stuff, and he's he's not some wild crazy man, you know, on one side of the uh, the aisle or the uh, or the conversation. That's why I love having you. I you changed the way I think about things with your book. You're born on third. You changed. That's why you're here, and you're going to be here for the fourth time. Um, so 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 what the hell's stopping us, Chuck? I mean. Uh, again, maybe it's it's part of the solution, I guess. But you talk about, you know, this next system, you know, and this whole inequality matters. Now, again, let's not get to too many solutions here. But what do you mean by the next system? Well, you know, I think it, 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 it you know, a first stage in this process is to sort of say, well, what is it that we're living through right now? Ah, uh, and yeah. I think we're in this kind of hyper extractive capitalism phase. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, we have a couple hundred transnational corporations that, mm. that are – their business model really is to kind of hoover up uh, all the wealth that's, that's out there mm. uh, to, to use their political power to rig the rules so they don't pay any taxes and shift that obligation onto everyone else and onto domestic-rooted local businesses. Um, and – so then, you know, the question is, well, what's the alternative, mm -hmm. you know, and, and people are kind of get afraid because they say, well, OK, there's only two ways we can think about this. Right. There's either, you know, Wild West, uh, unregulated extractive capitalism or, you know, totalitarian Soviet gulag capitalism. Mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we don't have a lot of imagination. So my <laughs> invitation is to say, what would a healthy system look like? What are the components of that? Uh, and. You know, we can get some clues about what that looks like from our own U.S. experience. Yeah. You know, after World War II, 1945 to 1975, every fifth, everybody saw their real wages double, the bottom fifth and the top. The rising tide did lift all boats. 
We did a bunch of things to expand middle-class opportunity. Yeah. We were on our way yeah. to having a robust, healthy capitalism with, with unprecedented levels of growth um, that, uh, that was expanding happiness and incomes and a sense of opportunity. And yeah. we kind of took a wrong turn, I believe. Yes. And so the next system, I think we can just say we know a couple things about it. We know that it's going to have a vibrant free market economy, but we also, it's going to hopefully have uh, a number of guide gu- guideposts or how do you say guardrails? Yeah. Guardrails is a good one. Keep, yeah. Keep us from becoming too extremely unequal and where we affirmatively invest in things that create opportunity in education and access to wealth building. Uh, so we know how to do this, Marty. We our, our, You've done our it. parents and yeah. grandparents generation exactly. gave us a lot of clues. Yeah, they they bought their homes on uh, government finance loans or support and all that kind of good stuff. So it was a strong after the world after World War II. Um, let me get to again. I, I don't mind putting you on the spot because I know you can respond. You know, um, here's the, here's the here's the hardball because you address it. Uh, I, I'm fascinated by you talk about the. Systemic racism in asset building. Talk to me about that. Let me repeat that. Systemic racism in asset building. Explain that to me. What do you mean? What is it? Well, it's it's simply acknowledging the history that that uh, that that wealth building, amazing wealth building initiative that we undertook after World War II, kind of left a lot of people out. Uh, particularly brown and black people. You Correct. know, we right. we had overt discrimination in mortgage lending. Uh, in fact, re- right up until ni- 1961, the the Federal Housing Administration, the FHA underwriting guide, didn't just discriminate against people of color, but also against darker skinned Europeans. Yeah, you were you were better off uh, being a Scotchman, Scotsman, or a, y- a Yankee applying for a loan than a than an Italian or a Greek. Mm. Mm. You know, so. Uh, that kind of racial coding uh, is unfortunately part of our history. And I'm just saying we shouldn't, you know, it would be folly to ignore that, you know, to pretend anything different. Because if you lift up one segment of society and you and you don't another, then you get uh, generational inequality. Um, so we have to, you know, but it's tricky because there's a lot of white people who have uh, also not shared in the economic gains, particularly the last 40 years. Amen. So there's there's a whole segment of folks who are saying, hey, uh, I haven't I haven't seen I haven't shared in the growth of the last 40 years. And then we have uh, historic racism going back, you know, centuries uh, in terms of wealth building, but the ability to build and save. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could tell you my family uh, was able to grow a business in the German immigrant community of Chicago, uh, we did not have angry uh, Yankees coming and and uh, you know doing a pogrom on the on the west side of Chicago, as mm. as happened in many black business districts around this country. I mean, just yeah. look at Tulsa, nineteen twenty one, and on and on down the list. Yeah. You know, so so we just have to face our past. It, it's sort of like it's just like if you and I. Uh, had a, something bad happen between us and we just kept going without even talking about it. You kind of, to move forward, we have to acknowledge uh, the legacy of racism and wealth building. Simply, simple as that. Yeah, and, you know, again, we're, 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 we're just hitting the tip of the iceberg. I'm going to say again, my guest is Chuck Collins. 
We're talking about his article uh, called Reversing Inequality, Unleashing the Transformative Potential of an Equitable Economy. You can find, obviously, you're going to listen to this podcast several times, but you can find that on inequality.org. Just hit the Our Work tab. You'll hit reports and you'll see this. So you'll want to look at this, print this, share this. This is a business book. This is a business show, Chuck. So I'm coming at this from a practical standpoint. I, 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 you know, I love the human part of it, but I come at it from a practical standpoint. So, um, again, we're on the first half of the report. We're going to cover the second half, uh, half and kind of solutions. But are there other models that you and you there are you talk about them so talk to me about and we're kind of winding down already but talk to me about some other models that exist out there well you know i think we should take a second look at what i would call the nordic model um and people sometimes say oh norway sweden those are welfare states they have you know confiscatory tax policies Here's, here's some interesting things to think about. First of all, the reason those societies have less inequality is they do have a high social floor. Uh, there is a, a social safety net through which people cannot fall. You, you, know, you don't have to worry about losing your job, becoming divorced, getting a catastrophic illness, and becoming destitute because there's support there. Uh, but, you know, there's much broader support for taxing the wealthy and the wealthy people I've interviewed in those countries, you know, they, some of them may grumble, but they grumble considerably less than we do here in the United States. And here's why their children will get a debt free education. Yeah. Uh, their mother or grandmother who has long term care issues, you're not going to be staying up overnight looking, you know, trying to evaluate 50 different plans uh, and here's, here's the, the key point, Marty, for our listeners. The rates of entrepreneurship per capita are much higher That's in these countries. And if you think about it, who gets to take risks? Amen. And if you, you know, you, I think you need a safety net to take a risk. And many people have a family safety net. That would certainly be my circumstances yeah. being born on third base. Yeah. I can take risks knowing I'm not going to become destitute. Well, wouldn't we be better off if... All the entrepreneurial, smart, visionary people could could have a sense. You know, in Norway, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to start your business, it goes belly up, and you're going to get 18 months of job retraining mm. in a job in a field where you'll be able to make an get a job and pay your taxes. Wow! And that's the focus in these societies: getting people to work, getting people to pay taxes. And having a sort of virtuous cycle. We can. So we, I think we should take a look at that. I. Again, I love you, man. I love the rational approach. I love your study. Um, we're down to the last few minutes, but uh, talk to me about patriotic millionaires. You're still connected to that, I'm assuming. No, very much so. Tell me about uh, that. It, you know, at this point, we have uh, 250 members who are uh, mostly successful entrepreneurs. Uh, there's a few people like me born on third base, but uh, and we've been very outspoken. Uh, we're we're very concerned about uh, the the president's tax plan and whether that's going to be the best thing for the country right now. We're taking a hard look at it it's, as it comes out today and in the coming weeks. Um, you know, but I think our view is we should restore uh, some elements of a progressive tax system and make these kind of public investments that will help us 
create a kind of shared prosperity. Yeah. And that, that if we go the other direction, it's a dead end. And patriotic millionaires, are, in fact, uh, I just looked at our, our – we have a petition up uh, called defendestatetax.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Robert Crandall, the former chairman of American Airlines, Leo Hendry, former chairman of um, AT&T, uh, Arnold Hyatt, former chairman, CEO of Stride Right Shoes. All these folks have signed on to defend the estate tax against repeal. Now, why would they do it? It's because they understand if you've got that kind of wealth in the society, we have an obligation to tax ourselves and pay back the society, not just through charity, but through the public investments that make it possible for the next generation to go forward. So that's that's really what I enjoy about hanging out with these patriotic millionaires. <laughs> hanging out with them. <laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. Um, so, okay, so we need to wrap up. Um, I'm going to uh, give you the website again. Uh, my friend Chuck Collins wrote this article. It's Reversing Inequality. You can find this article and a whole bunch of really informative, solid information that as a business owner you should be looking at you should understand this 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 going to this is this kind of stuff that's going to change your lives your communities and eventually our country if you get enough people looking for this so i'm on my soapbox right now go to inequality.org inequality.org you can find this specific article by going to the tab of our work and then just hit reports and you can find this but there is a ton of good stuff at inequality.org so uh, Chuck, uh, will you come back? Because we're going to talk about, in the future, we're going to talk about interventions and solutions. So you, will you come back? Yeah, looking forward to it. All right. So Chuck Collins has been my guest. I'm going to also give a plug for his book. Before you hear the next show, buy his book, Born on Third Base. A one percenter makes the case for tackling inequality, bringing wealth home, and committing to the common good. Chuck, thanks so much for being with us today, and we'll look forward to speaking with you again. Thanks, Marty, and thanks to your crew. You got it. Thank you for listening to the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf, reminding you that this show and many other great shows are available on csuiteradio.com. Thank you to our show sponsor, Peter Hemmelman, and his great program, the Big Muse Program. You can learn more about that. If you're a corporate, corporation and you want a great speaker, a great event, you want to go to www.bigmuse.com. That's bigmuse.com. So on behalf of myself, Marty Wolf, my sidekick, Kerry Carney, and our executive producer, D.C. Taylor, thanks for listening to the Business Builder Show, and have a great week. Bringing the business classroom to you. It's the Business Builders Show with Marty Wolf.